Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 323. We're going to look today deeper, farther along in the great story of redemption. And I want us to really get a good, firm foundation on why we are studying this. It's very, very important. In the last podcast, I talked to you out of Luke chapter 24 about the divisions of the Hebrew and the Greek Bible, the Greek Bible, the Greek translation, the Septuagint, being the basis for our present book order and divisions of our Old and New Testaments, as we call them, the Tanakh and the Berit Hadashah, the New Covenant, as we call it, New Testament. But I want you to go with me to 2 Timothy as we form the basis of why we are looking for divisions, why we are looking for sectioning, why we are looking at the Bible in the way that I do and teach it so that it can be broken down in a way that's understandable. You see, if you go in and say, well, we're going to study the Bible, 66 books, you're going have some people just pass out on you. They're just going to fall out in the floor because that's too much. That's too much to bite off. No. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. The journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. And so we've got to take first steps. We've got to take the first bite. And so we've got to know where to dive in. And so the first thing we've got to understand is, even though the Bible is presented as the Bible, the Biblos, as the Biblia, as a library of books, as one, it really is to be sectioned off. And then the books are to be sectioned off, as we'll see in our study of the book of Genesis, just the overall, the overarching picture, the panorama of Genesis in the coming podcast. But what I want you to do is see that there is warrant for sectioning. Now, the Bible says that all Scripture, every Scripture, each Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That is, it's God-breathed. It is theopneustos. It's out of the very mouth of God, the very breath of God. It is inerrant. It is without error in any form of reality. It is infallible. It'll never lead us astray. It's authoritative. It's the final authority to which we appeal. But the Bible says itself that it is the Word of God over 2,500 times just in the Tanakh, what we call the Older Testament. And so the Bible claims inspiration for itself when it says in 2 Timothy 3.16 that every scripture is God-breathed, every scripture is infallible, inerrant, out of the mouth of God. It's talking primarily about the Older Testament. The New Testament hadn't been written at this time. You can learn in Bible time the validation and the authentication of of the New Testament before it was written by the Lord Jesus in the Gospel of John and other places. Uh, But we'll get to that as well when we go through the New Testament. But I want you to understand that the only Bible that John the Baptist, Jesus, and the apostles had was what we call the Old Testament. 
And so if we're going to study the Old Testament, whether it be in the Hebrew categorization of the law, the prophets, and the writings, or whether we go by our own divisions, the Greek divisions, then we are sectioning it off already. So what I want you to understand is there is a biblical basis for sectioning. And so 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, you know that, many of you, you memorized in the King James Version of the Bible, where Paul said, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Well, the New King James says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's a compound word because it actually takes two words to translate it. And so it's translated rightly divided, but it's only one word in the Greek text. It is the word ortho and tomeo. These are two words that have very distinct meanings. Ortho means straight. You have an orthodontist. Dantic is the word for teeth. You have a teeth straightener, an orthodontist. Ortho means straight. And then tomeo or tomeo is a, and by the way, that's T-O-M-E-O. Really, I would make that a long E as in they, Tomeo. That is the word to cut. And it means to cut straight. In other words, you need to section it up. You need to cut it up in the proper way. You need to do that in a straight, in an orthodox way, in an orthodox. That's where we get the term. It means a, a straight teaching is the way it, it usually comes out. But it literally means that we need to be right. We need to be straight. We need to do things in order. And so when he says, study to show yourself approved, rightly dividing the word of truth, it implies certainly, if not explicitly, that there is a sectioning of the Word of God. It wasn't written all at one time. And even the books were not many times written all at one time, but they were written over a period of time. And some of them were a collection of things. And uh, certainly the Psalms would be that. And so would the book of Genesis be that. And I'm not talking about the documentary hypothesis, the Wellhausen theory. I'm not talking about that at all. As a matter of fact, I think that's a bunch of bunk dung, if you will. It's a school of thought, but I believe it's absolutely wrong. I believe there was one writer, and Jesus said who it was. It was Moses. And uh, Moses wrote the Pentateuch. He wrote the Torah, and and it's very clear that he did. But he had sources, and the book of Genesis was first handed down orally. Moses wasn't there when these things took place. God already had these things handed down sectionally, and they are divided up, as we'll see in the next podcast, in 10 sections. And Moses took those 10 sections, just as he got them, and he put them in order so that everyone could understand that. He wrote the book of Exodus. He lived the book of Exodus. He wrote the book of Leviticus. He lived the book of Leviticus. He wrote Arithmoi. He wrote Numbers. He was living in the midst of that. And he wrote also the book of Deuteronomy, except for his death story. And someone had to finish that. And I believe that was Joshua. Same thing with Joshua. Joshua doesn't go in and just write everything down at one time. There is no doubt in my mind that he wrote down the stories as they happened, the battles as they happened. And then he put them together under the inspiration of God. Listen, God is able to do that. And I don't know exactly how it happened, but I do know that it did happen. The book of Judges happened over 350 years. One man didn't write all of that as far as, yes, they put it together, but it was more than just one. I believe that Samuel 
put all of those things together and put on the end of it the book of Ruth as the transition. Yes, it's a great love story. And I know we immediately jump to the Goel and the kinsman redeemer and jump to Jesus. But let me tell you, the book of Ruth has a historical purpose as well, a theological purpose as well. And that is to be the bridge between the ending of the period of judges and the introduction of the United Monarchy, yes, through Saul, but then through the Judaic dynasty. And David is introduced in that fourth chapter. Boaz and Ruth are part of his lineage. And so all of this has rhyme and reason to it. I just want you to see this because as we start through this Older Testament, the Tanakh, the Law, the Prophets, and the Writings, then you're going to see God really was in control and is in control. And it ought to give us great encouragement and hope. After all, when we study and we see, well, God knew that from the very beginning. God knew all about that, and he prepared everyone and prepared everything. It gives us hope that right now we're not out of control. You might think, well, it just looks like everything is just going south in a hurry. And who is in control? What's happening? What are we going to do? We're going to go back to the Word of God and find comfort and find strength because the God who's been faithful in the past will be faithful now, and He'll be faithful when we're gone. Why? Because He's God. There's nothing that takes Him by surprise. He didn't go, oops, COVID. Now, that got out of hand there in Wuhan. I didn't see that coming. Oh, yeah, he saw it coming, and he knows exactly where it came from. He knows what's going on right now. And somebody asked me years ago, they said, talking about a president, said, do you believe that this person is going to bring about the judgment of God? Let me just tell you something, folks. I've had several people say, do you believe that Biden is going to, in his decisions, do you believe that this administration is, is, and they always talk in hushed tones because they don't want anybody to hear them, and they'll say, do you believe that Joe Biden and the administration that he's put together in this godless group, do you believe that they're going to lead us to the judgment of God? No, 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 I don't. I believe they are the judgment of God upon us. I believe it is the beginning of sorrows because this is what we ask for. You see, the God who judged his own people Israel, the apple of his eye, certainly he will judge us. And so we need to just wake up and understand that God knows what's going on. And those of us who know him need to walk with him. We need to study his words so that we will be the children of light and not children of darkness. We need to be wise as serpent and harmless as doves. But we do not need to be men that faint when the battle is arrayed. What we need to do is stand up, take courage, move forward, be salt, be light, be leaders, and God will put his seal of approval on what we're doing. And let me tell you, nothing's going to happen unto you until God says it's okay. You walk with him. I'll walk with him. And we are safe in his will. We are never safer than when we are walking in the center of God's will. You want to be in danger, you get out of the will of God and start going by your feelings and start going by what the world says we're to do, and you're going to get yourself in trouble. But nothing's going to happen to me, nothing's going to happen to you in the will of God until God says it's okay. And hey, if God says it's okay, it's okay. Let's study the Word of God together, and let's apply it to our lives. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. 
Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.